you're not the boss of me now, and you're not so big. Welcome to Life is Unfair, the Malcolm in the Middle podcast, where we watch and talk about every episode of Malcolm in the Middle in chronological order. Today, we're talking about Halloween, which originally aired October 28th, 2005, was directed by David DeVito and written by Andy Bobro. Hi, I'm Jake, and this podcast is a known portal for evil. And I'm David, and death and podcasts are two things you can find in any house, and we are not moving. We have a podcast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, before we get into this week's episode, we have our community segment, where we've got some poll results to look at. Yeah, we like polls. So we're looking back on health insurance. Which, for that episode, we both chose Dewey as least shitty kid for being the only one of the boys to have a moment of reflection where he asked, should we be doing this awful Hornet-based prank? <laughs> <laughs> and while he decided to go along with it, we thought that brief pause was enough to get him least shitty. Listen, it made him better than the others. And the internet... Didn't exactly agree with us. <laughs> uh, as Dewey actually came in third. Okay. Uh, in second place was Malcolm, who got 33% of the vote. What? And in first, with 50% of the vote, was Francis, who did not appear in the episode. Okay, listen, this meme <laughs> is getting old. <laughs> Come on now. Well, some things never get old, David. <laughs> then, for shittiest kid for that episode, we uh, were also in agreement. We both chose Reese uh, for <laughs> uh, having the hornet's nest in the first place and for trying to leave Hal under the pile of rubble to his fate. <laughs> and the internet did agree with us on that one, oh, as Reese God. won with 60% of the vote. Oh, no. With the other 40% going to Francis, who did not appear in the episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bro. Uh, there are people equally trying to praise and slander Francis. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it's the, I mean, cult, it's the cult of Eric. Well, I mean, that, that's the half trying to slander him. Not, I feel like I'm the representative of the people trying to, you know, prop him up in the episodes he doesn't appear in. That seems accurate. <laughs> Considering you are an insane person. Wow. I'm just saying, I'm the only sane one. That's what this has proven. Sure. Let's let's take a look at some of your <laughs> past plotline names and Cranston connections. Then we'll talk about who the quote-unquote sane Wow, is. my Cranston connections have been spot on. Look, they've been very within the spirit of the Cranston connection. Yeah. Which, there's no overlap between that and the realm of sanity, David. Oh! <laughs> wow, Jake. Wow. I, I can't believe you would, you would treat me that way. Well, let's get into this week's episode. We have a cold open that takes place in the boys' room. Where Malcolm and Reese are already sitting in the room, and Dewey walks in, hanging his head, and says that Lois figured out he was the one who broke the oven. Malcolm and Reese both tell him how screwed he is, as he, like, walks across the room, and uh, he says that since he's gonna be in so much trouble anyways, if there's anything that they want to frame him for, he's prepared to do it for five dollars each. <laughs> and they both jump at this opportunity. Uh, Reese <laughs> wants him to take the fall for the hole in the bathroom wall, while Malcolm wants him to take the fall for whatever happened to Hal's camera. <laughs> and as they're saying this, Lois has walked through the open door behind them, catching Malcolm and Reese unawares <laughs> as she... Uh, says, Dewey, you're off the hook. You two come with me. And, like, grabs them both by the collar and starts dragging them away. Leaving Dewey behind, calling out behind her, you were supposed to wait until they gave me the money. Ah, yes. <laughs> Classic Dewey, sell out your brothers for personal gain. He tried. <laughs> 
then getting into the episode proper. Uh, I have this one divided up into two plot lines. And we will start with the uh, plot line that's sort of uh, less focused. Yeah, it has Lois, Reese, Dewey, and part of Jamie's story this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you named this the S-O-H plot. The Spirit of Halloween. Oh, that's good. No, I named this the A-plot, Jake. For abduction. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> and this plotline starts with Lois being upset that she doesn't get Halloween off. That she was supposed to, but then Mary Beth suddenly became a Wiccan, so now it's a religious holiday for her. Which, uh, I do like the, uh, idea of faking, like, switching religions to get specific holidays off. Yeah, but I can remember that when that was a thing at some of the places that I've worked. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Dude, I worked with a guy one time, which was, man, I really burst his bubble when I started working there. I worked with a dude one time who would uh, come up with fake Jewish holidays and be like, I have to leave by four tonight, or like, I have to take the day off so I can go do this thing, and I'm like... Yeah, as a Jew, he's full of shit. <laughs> Fair enough. It just feels like a well, like this other lady has a Seinfeld plot going in the background. Oh, she of this Malcolm does. the Metal episode. That's what it feels like. It's it's a real George Costanza thing. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, she says that the the reason she's so upset about this is that she was really excited to take Jamie out trick-or-treating because there's a short period of time where they're, you know, cute and they'll dress up in whatever outfit you get for them. Then uh, uh, eventually Halloween just becomes another trip to the police station. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Lois. She's right, but... Hal responds by saying the thing. <laughs> See? Tells Lois that life is unfair. That's right. It sure is, Jake. I mean, of course he has. Brian Cranston, big fan. That's, that's going to have some implications when we get to the Cranston connection for this one, David. I bet it is, buddy. I bet it is. The way you've been giggling to yourself ever since you thought of it uh, has me very intrigued. Oh, it, it was definitely one of those, all right, I have to go to IMDb. <laughs> to find things, grants and connections. Awesome. But we'll get there. <laughs> but because Lois doesn't have the night off, she has to go to Dewey and Reese and tell them that they are taking Jamie out trick-or-treating and that she will catch up with them at some point on their trick-or-treat route. At a random point, which they don't need to know the time of. That's right. And she lists a series of things that they cannot bring with them to try to keep them out of trouble. Which, uh, the, the things that she lists are eggs, matches, catapults, mace, stink bombs, explosives, water balloons, spray paint, gasoline, shaving cream, or toilet paper. Uh, which, like, a couple times uh, through that list, she, like, stops and Reese, like, smiles at her and says, of course not. And we wouldn't dream of it. Then she finally gets to him with, with uh, her last, like, short list, which consists of a ladder, a compressor, and soup. <laughs> and when she says that, <laughs> Reese turns to Dewey and says, You told her! <laughs> I really want to know what he had planned with that. <laughs> I mean, clearly he was going to make a soup cannon, David. Yeah. And when you have a soup cannon, do you need the height advantage? I mean, I guess fair. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think the same thing can just be achieved by filling a super soaker full of hot water. No. Soup has a smell to it. Oh, I see. So we're going to put stuff in the hot water first. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> eh. uh, mm. Also, I don't like the precedent that we're setting here that soup is just any hot water with a smell to it, because, <laughs> man, that has some implications. 
<laughs> you know, after you eat a spare, I guess. Oh, no. No. <laughs> You're the worst. And uh, it is worth noting, uh, both Dewey and Reese are in their Halloween costumes from here on out. Uh, Dewey is dressed as a homeless person. Oh, that's what the... Yeah, m- I, it might be specifically he's dressed as one of the tramps from Waiting for Godot. Uh, which I know nothing about, but I did some internet digging trying to figure out what he was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because his costume is almost, it's like almost a Red Skelton costume slash almost a Charlie Chaplin costume. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I went digging because like, I was like, I, I can't tell if this is like a specific reference or it's just meant to be like generic homeless arts, but it feels weirdly specific. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I did find some other people speculating that he was dressed as one of the tramps from uh, that play. What a... I mean, I guess that's a real Dewey thing to do, but man. Yeah, that that does really fit with Dewey. What a weird (laughs) costume for a kid. (laughs) True. Uh, And Reese is dressed as Phoebe Bridgers. What? (laughs) (laughs) I I knew you would not get that. I (laughs) did what do you know who phoebe bridgers is david no uh she's a uh like probably like at this point probably like the biggest like indie rock indie pop person i listen to that and i don't know her she she is she is like hugely popular right now and very good huh and she's now uh she just she has a like super group band now as well uh boy genius that just put out her first album which is very good I recommend it. Huh. But uh, she, she like, frequently dresses as a skeleton in, in her concerts. And I believe when she was on Saturday Night Live. Ah, I miss that. But uh, when Lois uh, tells them that, uh, you know, when, when her break comes around, she will find them. That's where uh, the, the line you alluded to earlier comes from when Reese asks, uh, and what time is this break? <laughs> <laughs> she tells him, you don't need to know what time my break is, just that it's going to happen. Right. Then uh, at the Lucky Aid, Lois is talking to Craig about his Halloween costume. He's dressed as a pirate and she says, I get the hat and the eye patch, but why do you have blood coming out of your mouth? Craig tells her well I tried holding a dagger in between my teeth (laughs) you know those those pirates are a lot tougher than than, uh, media gives them credit for (laughs) then uh, Lois is about to go on her break and go off to uh, you know see Jamie doing his trick or treating but as soon as she like starts to step away she sees a customer putting some batteries in his pocket and she stops him and says that, you know, she saw what uh, he did and she asks Craig, uh, didn't you see? But Craig tells her that he, uh, sorry, the patch is over my good eye. (laughs) Then Lois tries to leave the shoplifter with Craig, but as she's about to walk away, and she's asks, uh, Craig, can you take care of this guy? Craig says, yeah, sure, and winks at the guy. Oh, uh, Craig. <laughs> Which, Lois, you know, calls him out on this and says, that, you know, he broke the law. Uh, we can't just let him leave. Uh, Craig says, that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is if he wasn't stealing something from our store, he'd be stealing something from another store. And then we're losing a customer. (laughs) (laughs) Man, Craig. (laughs) What a, what a, what a Craig. (laughs) And Lois asks one of her other co-workers to uh, stay with this criminal until the cops arrive. But she says, uh, why? It's Halloween. And Lois is, of course, indignant about this and goes on a rant about how law is all that separates us from anarchy. And while she's giving it to Craig, it was like hiding an ice cream sandwich in his cash register. (laughs) Then uh, going over to the boys, uh, Reese, Dewey, and Jamie are all out trick-or-treating. 
And we see Jamie in his Halloween costume now as he is in a tiger costume that has, like, a full mask and is, like, basically a, like, full bodysuit. Well, which will be important that we can't see any details about this kid. Yeah. And Reese and Dewey are talking about how lucky they are because there were five houses in a row using the honor system. That never happens. And they get up to the next door and ring the doorbell and wait for a few seconds. And when there's no answer, they turn to Jamie and say, this is a great chance to show you the true spirit of Halloween. And they each pull eggs out of their sacks that they're using to trigger-treat. And uh, before they can throw them, an old man finally answers the door and apologizes for the delay, saying he's still getting used to these new hearing aids. But Dewey and Reese pelt him with eggs anyways. And he yells at them that, uh... He won't stand for this, and he pulls his walker out and starts to chase them as they all run away. I mean, I think what you mean is he tactically deploys his walker, Jake. Yes. (laughs) It is, like, the most badass, weird, just unfolding of a walker I've ever seen. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) And as they're running away... Uh, we see Reese pick up a kid in a tiger costume as they're running away, but then it, like, cuts back to the yard as the old man is coming out, and he walks past Jamie, who, like, pulls the mask off, revealing that Reese has taken another kid in an identical tiger costume. (laughs) Uh, yikes. Then, going back to the lucky aide, Lois is on the police- on the phone- talking to the police and getting frustrated that they're not prioritizing coming to get this shoplifter. How dare they? And uh, Craig comes into the break room and very drunkenly apologizes to Lois and tells her that she's doing the right thing. And uh, when Lois asks, are you drunk? Craig says it's not his fault. They're having a party up front. And they invited him, knowing that being wanted is his kryptonite. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Craig. You poor, poor man. And this prompts Lois to go on another rant about how, you know, she can't believe that uh, they're drinking up there. No one respects the rules, which her rant is interrupted as one of her co-workers comes over the intercom to ask, Who's going to come up here and kiss me right now, damn it? (laughs) (laughs) and Lois says you know it's clear that no one but her cares about the rules so she's gonna break the rules too she's going to take her uh her next break overlapping with someone else taking their break that's right she's taking her meal break early yep (laughs) she like uh puts her punch card in to take her break and Shows Craig that she didn't even line it up right first. This is rebellious Lois. That's right. I also, I feel like that's just going to make it more confusing for payroll than any. I feel like that just hurts her in the long run. Probably. Then uh, she like stomps away, leaving Craig with the shoplifter. And the shoplifter asks, so can I just go then? And Craig asks why he would want to go anywhere else. They're, they're about to have some damaged chips and dip up front, if you know what I mean. I mean, we're going to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> then we see Reese and Dewey <laughs> walking with the kid that they assume is Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> and Dewey talks about how Halloween seems a... Uh, to really be Jamie's element, he's standing up straighter. <laughs> and he says, yeah, and he didn't stop to pee on that dog. <laughs> yes, David? Nothing. We'll talk about it later. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> then they notice that the old man from before is slowly making his way towards them. And Dewey asks, hey, isn't that the guy that we egged earlier? And Reese says... No, he had glasses, and Dewey goes, No, the first guy! (laughs) (laughs) And realizing that it is, they say, Oh, well, we better get away from him then, and they, like, turn around, 
like take three steps away and turn back and say, Phew, that was a close one. <laughs> then uh, we like see them later in their trick-or-treating as the old man is still following them, which uh, Reese says that uh, he kind of admires. He hopes that he still filled that full of rage at his age. <laughs> and at that point, Lois shows up and uh, she like starts telling them about how terrible her night has been and you know uh they, they better not have got jamie involved in anything bad <laughs> and as she's you know uh talking to them and going on and on the old man is getting closer and closer <laughs> and uh finally like right before he gets to them reese manages to distract her by saying uh we left the best houses for you to go to with jamie they're right around that street corner <laughs> and uh lois says thanks and like takes this kid that she also assumes is Jamie in that direction as Reese and Dewey narrowly run away from the old man who, like, takes a swipe at them with his walker. Then we see Dewey and Reese sitting on a park bench eating some candy. And Dewey says that Reese was right. Uh, candy they take from other kids does taste better. Oh. <laughs> Reese suggests, uh, it's the fear. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the 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 corruption of Dewey is just in full swing. You're not wrong. Reese has got them hooks in, and uh, the old man comes up to them, sort of cornering them. But Reese is still not scared, and he tells the old man, "You're clearly too old and slow to catch us." And they uh, climb over the like brick wall behind them, and they see a mattress on the other side. And they say perfect as they jump down onto it. But when they do, their, like, feet get stuck as they, like, fully, like, tear through the mattress, like, getting stuck in the springs. And the old man, like, makes his way around the wall and smiles at them. <laughs> then back at the Lucky Aid, Creepy Craig is making his return. He sure is. Oh, boy. As he and one of his co-workers are looking through one of their customers' photos. And Craig says that these, these photos of uh, this lady giving birth aren't as sexy as, as he was expecting. And then he, like, takes a, a second look at one and says, Well, this one's okay, and puts that in his pocket. Uh. And Lois, with the child that she assumes is Jamie, in tow... <laughs> comes up to him and berates him for going through these pictures for violating their customer's privacy and she asks why don't you just go through the pharmacy files and see what people have in there to which craig says been there done that <laughs> then a police officer shows up and lois says you know it's about time that they show up but their shoplifter is long gone and he says he's not here about a shoplifter. And at that point, a woman comes up and points to the child with Lois and says, there she is. And the kid runs towards this lady yelling out, mommy, <laughs> as Lois is arrested for kidnapping. <laughs> yep. Oh. And as she's being hauled away, Craig offers to be her character witness before throwing up. Yeah, yeah, because that'd, that'd work. <laughs> and this plotline ends with Reese and Dewey getting their justice <laughs> as the old man is just standing there pelting them with egg after egg while they're stuck in this mattress. And he asks, have you learned your lesson yet? <laughs> and Reese says, uh, stupid old man, I'll never learn my lesson. <laughs> Which prompts more egg throwing and Dewey looking at Reese very upset. <laughs> and from there, we will go to the other plot line. This is a tough one because I can immediately think of a lot of possible names. That is fair. But they're all like horror related things that I'm not sure you would reference. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Um, I'm going to say you just called this the MH plot for murder. Mm. No, no. Okay. See, this is the TC plot line. For true crime, 
Ah, okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Especially given Malcolm's intensive online research. <laughs> <laughs> and this plot line starts with Malcolm and Reese on a dead tour as a a uh, guy in, like, a Halloween costume is driving them around in a hearse, showing them all of these spots where the most brutal murders <laughs> uh, in their town happened. Which uh, Malcolm says, he pounded it out with some suicides, but close enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> and uh, this tour ends with him driving past the side of the most heinous murders in their state's history, and it is the Wilkerson's house. <laughs> which they, like, catch Hal taking the trash out and being, like, blinded by all of the cameras and their flashes going by. Then we see Malcolm and Reese talking about this uh, around the dinner table as they are both very excited that a murder happened in their house. Yeah, that's tracks for the boys. <laughs> yes, Reese says that he always thought he'd be the person to do the coolest thing in this. But that guy set the bar pretty high. <laughs> uh, Reese, no. <laughs> and Hal tells them that they're being ridiculous, that, you know, none of this really happened. That guy clearly just bought a hearse and he needed a way to keep up on the payments. So started this tour uh, you know, to trick people, and he just made all of it up. And when he turns to Lois for support, she deflects his answer, saying, uh, you know, I bought Jamie the cutest tiger costume for Halloween. <laughs> and Hal pulls her aside and says that he can't believe Lois knew this happened in the house and never told him, which... Uh, she says, you know, she never told him because she knew he would react this way. And she tells him that death and mold are the two things you can expect in oh. any house. <laughs> to, to which Hal yells, there's mold? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Hal. And uh, when we go to the scene where Lois is complaining about having to work on Halloween, Hal is putting a nightlight right next to where he sleeps. <laughs> And he tells Lois that he's putting it there for Jamie. And when she asks, why are you putting it next to your bed then? He says, uh, that's where Jamie wants it. <laughs> okay, Hal. Then in the boys' room, uh, in the scene which uh, Lois comes into and gives the boys their rules, uh, before she comes in, Malcolm is laying in bed sick, which Dewey initially asks, why are you pretending to be sick on Halloween? And Malcolm has to tell him, I'm not pretending to be sick. I'm actually just sick. <laughs> and Reese tells him that he needs to keep his immune system up. That's why he suggests taking some chewing gum from under chairs and uh, chewing them sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like once a month. That's right. <laughs> gross and uh after everyone but malcolm and hal leaves malcolm is on the computer doing some research on these murders and he's telling hal about his findings while hal is like trying to sit down and eat and every time hal like goes somewhere malcolm like points to where he's standing and says that that's where something happened starting with uh that's where they found the guy's uh wife's body and that's where the pile of tongues was. And, oh, that must have been the skin wall. <laughs> <laughs> and over there is where they found the finger puppets. And that, like, gives him pause for a second and he goes, Oh, finger puppets. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Hal, like, starts to leave the room and Malcolm says, You know, the kitchen is where the uh, really freaky stuff happened. Well... And the bathroom. And the bedrooms. <laughs> and Hal asks, uh, is there a spot in the house where they didn't find some sort of human remains? And Malcolm, like, points to a spot next to him. And Hal, like, stands there and starts to eat. And then Malcolm says, that's where they beg for mercy. <laughs> then we see Hal nervously reading a book. And he, he's, like, tapping uh, his fingers 
And, you know, looking very uncomfortable as he keeps hearing a crunching sound. And he's, like, looking over his shoulder trying to find the source of this sound. And eventually he, like, jumps up and grabs one of the fire pokers and, like, turns around to try to see what's causing the noise. And he finds that he was sitting on a candy wrapper. <laughs> then the doorbell rings. And it is some trick-or-treaters. <laughs> which, when Hal opens the door... Uh, he yells at one of the kids for having, like, a fake axe in his head. Yeah, do you think this is funny? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be laughing if you had a real axe in your head. Unless you were having muscle spasms. <laughs> and Malcolm, like, steps in and uh, hands the candy out to the kids. And, like, turns to Hal and asks if he's up to handing out the candy tonight. Because he wants to go lay down and get some rest, and Hal insists that he's fine. But as Malcolm is walking back to his room, Hal is, like, walking directly behind him. And when Malcolm sits down on his bed, Hal sits next to him. And when Malcolm asks what he's doing, Hal says that he's, uh, just making sure that he's safe. Do you feel safe? And Malcolm, like, tries to calm him down, saying that, you know, uh, the, the guy who did these murders is dead. It's not like he's coming back. And Hal says, yeah, that would be crazy. And Malcolm asks, you don't believe in ghosts, do you? Wait, do you? And Hal says that, he, you know, he doesn't believe in a dead person flying around and going, ooh. But he does believe in an energy that leaves a dead body and lingers howling at the living. <laughs> And he, like, tries to use Malcolm's science against him, saying that uh, when Malcolm was talking about string theory, he brought up that there's all these overlapping dimensions, and it, you know, makes sense that something they couldn't see could affect them. And as they're having this conversation, Jamie comes home alone, having been unintentionally left behind by Reese and Dewey. And, of course, Malcolm and Hal hear the door open and slam shut. And Hal calls out, uh, first saying, Honey? Reese? Dewey? Burglar? <laughs> uh, I love that he threw that in there. <laughs> and Jamie climbs into a vent with all of his candy, which... Creates more spooky sounds for Hal and Malcolm as they hear, you know, the, the, the echo of the vent throughout the house. And uh, Hal turns to Malcolm and says, uh, does that sound like the, the sound of someone looking for his own head to you? Huh. <laughs> and we see Jamie in the vent eating his candy by the handful and like grabbing his stomach and moaning. And outside, Hal and Malcolm are sitting in the car. <laughs> Hal asks Malcolm if he's comfortable offering to turn on the defroster if he's too cold. <laughs> and Malcolm says he would be more comfortable if Hal would let him go into the house, but Hal refuses. It's not safe in there. That's right. <laughs> and uh, when they hear some trick-or-treaters uh, at the door, like reading the doorbell... Hal calls them over to the car, saying, We have candy in the car! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as these, like, trick-or-treaters are going past, he makes one of the kids who's dressed as a ghoul take his mask off before he'll give him candy. <laughs> and he says, I just had to make sure. <laughs> ah, yes. I remember when nobody would freak out at us collecting candy from a stranger in a car. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think even when we were kids, that would have been a red flag even on Halloween. <laughs> what are you talking about, Jake? It's perfectly normal. We all we always had neighbors sitting in their car handing out candy. But uh, the next time we come back to this plot line. Malcolm is calling Hal in, telling him that he found evidence that the murder didn't happen in their house after all. And he tells Hal, you know, he found this uh, website about the uh, rezoning of their area. 
and the you know addresses changed and actually the house that these murders happened in is their neighbor's house <laughs> and hal's like looking relieved but he starts going like through the documents uh d- despite malcolm telling him uh, you don't want to look at those they're pretty grisly but when he looks at the crime scene photos hal says wait a minute that's our wallpaper and that's our counter this isn't what the neighbor's house looks like at all. This is clearly our house. <laughs> and then he realizes what Malcolm did. Yes, uh, and Malcolm does immediately confess that uh, he faked these documents and he even uh, made a fake website to show him in order to convince Hal to calm down and let this murder thing go. And... Uh, Hal, like, uh, doubles down on insisting that, you know, he's protecting them from these ghosts. And Malcolm says that he's being ridiculous, and he, like, turns, and he invites all the ghosts, goblins, specters, and phantoms to come to their house and rip their skin from their bones and feast on their innards. And, of course, this makes Hal even more terrified, and he, like, jumps when the doorbell rings again. But Malcolm, like, rolls his eyes and goes to give candy to the trick-or-treaters. But before he can, Hal runs up to the open door, screams at them to run, run from your li- for your lives and never come back here, and then slams the door shut. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is really good. <laughs> <laughs> then when we come back to the slot line again, Hal sitting at the table and he's apologizing for things getting out of hand and malcolm apologizes to hal saying you know he's sorry too but hal cuts him off saying i wasn't talking to you (laughs) i was talking to the ghost (laughs) and malcolm starts telling him that you know he has to work through this fear that they're all afraid of things in life but they have to confront those fears and get past them (laughs) then He's interrupted as the, uh, it cuts to the events again where Jamie is still eating his candy and he is like, gotten those, I don't even know what they're called. They're like the little soda gummy things. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're the, they're the wax, like, Kool-Aid bottle things. They have, like, gooey juice, candy juice in them, but then the outside is made of that, like, candy wax that you can eat. Yes. Yeah. Which I always thought were super gross. They are. Like, it's, it's like, I don't know, eating a fucking candle. I mean, no one would want to do that. I mean, we've all done that. It's better. I've heard from a very reliable source that a candle is better than a Taco Bell taco. So. Yeah, well, that source is dead wrong. But uh, in the process of eating this, Jamie, like, pours the liquid all over the front of his shirt. Uh, and, of course, it is red. Naturally. So it looks like he, you know, has blood all over the front of his shirt, and he starts moaning as he has a belly ache from all this candy. And he, like, tries to pull his shirt up, but it gets stuck, so his head is just inside of his shirt. And he crawls out of the vent and walks into the kitchen with his, you know, head in his shirt, which looks like it's covered in blood, making him look like a decapitated child. <laughs> Which, when Malcolm sees this, he screams and jumps through the window. (laughs) While Hal, like, runs over and helps Jamie, realizing what has happened. And Malcolm, uh, just yells out from the other side of the window, That was Jamie, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I do love that Malcolm just, like, immediately dives out of the fucking window. Like He sure does. What commitment? (laughs) 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 <laughs> he takes fight or flight very seriously, David. Yeah. <laughs> and he chose flight. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that wraps this episode up. So let's go to our awards. I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> awards. And as usual, we will start with our Roller Skating Keen Award, our award for the best visual moment. What did you have for this one, David? Uh, I had a couple small things, but Malcolm diving through the window just took the cake for me. <laughs> like, I 
honestly, uh, I almost gave it to Craig's ice cream bar in the register because I thought that that was really funny and very like Craig esque that uh, he hides while she's talking about you know they wouldn't shoplift and all that. But uh, like man, uh, watching Malcolm dive through the window was. I don't know. Something about that was just so appealing. I loved it. I thought it was great. Fair enough. Uh, I went with the old man giving chase. That's a really okay. good one. That was my. That was a runner-up. Yeah, like especially that the first scene where they realize that you know much later in the night this old man is still after them. Right. As he's just like a full block away, just like very slowly making his way towards them with his walker, which I. It is both, like, a, a good visual gag and also, like, uh, reminds me of It Follows, which is uh, one of my favorite horror movies, which is kind of all about, like, a monster that, like, can look like just any regular person slowly following people until it catches them and murders them, which is kind of what happens here. Yeah. If, you know, th those eggs eventually give Dewey and Reese Salmonella and kill them. Which I assume is what happens. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Not at all. But, you know, sure. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, you have confused me so much this episode. <laughs> You're in rare Excellent. form today, Jake. Rare form, sir. Well, let's move along to our Hot Dog with Mustard Award. Our award for the best line. Uh, what line did you choose, David? So, uh, <laughs> I love Reese at the end and his screaming, Hi, you stupid old man, I'll never learn my lesson. Yep, that was actually also my first choice for this episode. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> and it's such a, it's so, like, self-aware without being actually self-aware. Uh, I will go with my backup line, which also comes from Reese. And it's, uh, you gotta keep your immune system in shape. Every once in a while, take some gum off the bottom of a chair and eat it. Oh. <laughs> Don't do this, kids. This isn't how that works. It's not how any of it works. No, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. It's how you keep your immune system in shape, Dave. No, 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 no. That's just how you be gross. Ugh. <laughs> well, uh, David, which of these two plot lines did you choose as the A plot of your heart? The, the Hal and Malcolm stuff was uh, was hilarious to me. Um, again, just so much great, like, physical comedy. Plus, I, I think it's just a funny little, like, side bit and story. I love Hal slamming the the door and screaming. And the kids all thinking that it's, like, a, a Halloween act and that Hal hasn't actually lost his mind. I thought that that was very clever and, and funny. Yeah, it just... It, like, I like the other plotline a lot, but I feel like the this one had stronger moments when when it had moments. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I also went with this plotline. Even though, weirdly, like, looking at my awards, basically all of them went to stuff from the other plotline. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just, like, overall, I, I do like the Hal and Malcolm stuff, and I, I like the Jamie, like, unintentionally... <laughs> Like, feeding into all these fears is very funny to me. Yes. Uh, and who did you have as your top skate dog, your favorite character? Uh, I had to give it to Hal. Because, again, I love it when Hal goes crazy. I love it when we get Psycho Hal. And we get that here, but we also get, you know, just the classic high-tier Brian Cranston physical comedy, which I'm also a huge fan of, obviously. And, uh... I I love the idea of Hal suddenly getting terrified of a house that he's lived in for years and years and years and years <laughs> because of this new discovery. We'll see. Now he knows, and they know that he knows, so it makes perfect sense that they'll come to kill them tonight. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Yeah, perfect <laughs> sense. That's right. How, that, how that's can I forget science. that? Yeah. Yeah, science math. <laughs> Magnets, bitch. Well, uh, I actually gave my top skate dog to the old man. <laughs> That's fair. He's very funny. <laughs> For his relentless pursuits 
of recent Dewey with the egg still all over him, setting up this trap and then just fucking pelting these kids with eggs is so funny to me. Uh, it is very funny. <laughs> and who did you give your Chloris Leachman Award? Your award for the best acting. So I had to give it to Brian Cranston. Um, again, the the physical comedy and the like his ability to seem terrified and make it believable is just it's so top notch and so it's so good. Um like there were other great performances as well, so I don't wanna make it sound like, you know, other people didn't do a good job. I just I don't know. Brian Cranston really stood out to me in this one. Uh yeah, I chose him as well. He does do a great job. And uh he yeah, his performance is a big part of why that plotline is my favorite, despite the other plotline having, like, all of my favorite stuff. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, uh, who did you give your Mrs. Dabney Award? Your award for the worst parent. Oh, man, I wrestled with this one a little bit. I, I did. But I had to give it to Lois. Okay. Look. Well, why'd you go with Lois? She abducted another kid. So not only is she a kidnapper, she couldn't recognize her own kid. And I can tell you, as someone who has children, even in head-to-toe costumes, I have never been like, huh, that kid looks like my kid. It's always been very easy to tell. And you would <laughs> think someone who is as controlling and as insane as Lois would be able to look at her kid and be like, yep, that one's mine. Yeah, I, I, I also went with Lois, but not because of this. <laughs> I actually went with Lois over Hal, because while Hal is being, you know, irrational and crazy, he is, in his own way, trying to protect Malcolm throughout the episode. True. And when Jamie comes out, he does, you know, not react and, you know, Pure terror, he almost immediately, you know, realizes what's going on and rushes over to Jamie to, you know, see why he's moaning like this. Yeah, I mean, how's a good dad? Yeah. Then let's move along to our OK Boomer Awards, our awards for the moment or detail that sets the episode firmly within its time of release. What did you have for this one? So... This one I gave, uh, originally I was going to just take the easy cop out and go with the computer that Malcolm was working on, but actually I'm giving it to the punch in and punch out system in the lucky aid because holy shit, I haven't seen one of those in a long time with the individual paper tickets that they then have to use the company clock and you had to set your stuff by the company clock. Because it mattered what time it displayed, not any other clock. It's the worst. Yeah, it, it, it is one of those things that feels very weird, just in that, like, all time wasn't, like, unified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it wasn't uncommon to be, like, slightly late for things, or, or there to be, like, confusion because, like, someone's clock was just slightly off. Yeah, <laughs> their clock was just like ten minutes ahead of or behind what yours was. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but my OK Boomer uh, award goes to something that I also noticed in the break room at the Lucky Eight that sent me on a, a weird deep dive into a thing that I'm mostly confused as to why it's a thing I know <laughs> and I can't figure out why I know it's a thing. Oh, now I'm really intrigued. But uh, I noticed they have, like, a bunch of magazines sitting on their table, and one of them is labeled Contemporary Woman, which initially I was, like, looking into to see if it was a real magazine, to see if it was discontinued. And when it wasn't a real magazine, I immediately had the realization of, like, oh, okay, it must be, like, a take on Modern Woman, which I know is a magazine. <laughs> and I wonder if that's still around. And then looking into it, Modern Woman is a British magazine that was discontinued in the 50s. <laughs> Which then raises the question of, why is the information that a magazine named Modern Woman existed in my brain at all? <laughs> like, I, 
I was gonna ask, but it it has to be like something that was referenced in some British sitcom I've watched or something is the only thing I can think of. Dude, your brain's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it though, because I get I get those moments of man, I have some weird knowledge. Why do I have this weird knowledge? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, in looking at that stuff and trying to figure out where I know Modern Woman from, <laughs> I, I did like come across quite a few like articles and stuff talking about the like general decline of women's magazines in particular. Apparently, they were like one of the first like wave of types of magazine to start folding as the internet caused magazines to like stop existing for the most part. So uh, I stuck with the Contemporary Woman magazine, despite it not being real, <laughs> and the thing that I immediately went, oh, it must be their fake version of this having been discontinued in the 50s. I, that makes total sense. <laughs> I get it. Also, I've never done a deep dive on this show for something that didn't exist. <clears throat> never. Never. <laughs> but that's funny. Uh <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be like an IT crowd joke about it or something. That has to be why I know about that, right? I mean, I'm not thinking of what... I watch a lot of... I watch more British TV than you do. True. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, but I, I feel like I watch more British sitcoms, though. Which you I watch... feel like would be much more likely to That's reference fair. that kind of thing. Like, it, it could be, like, a thing that came, came up in Peep Show. That would make sense. I guess, yeah, that would make sense. Jake, you watch more sitcoms than me. You can just leave it there. Like, yeah, that, that's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> uh, but that's, yeah. I mean, I guess. It, it is really an odd piece of British trivia to know about, especially as an American. Especially as a male, young American. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move along to our shittiest and least shitty kid award. Uh, who did you have as your least shitty kid? Well, in a surprising turn of events, though I feel like it's happening more lately than it has ever in the past, I'm giving it to Malcolm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I also chose Malcolm for this award. While he does try to gaslight Hal, it was for positive intention and he doesn't really do anything outright shitty he just is bad at doing the things he's trying to do which man if we knocked off points for that for the wilkerson's none of them would ever get anything that's true <laughs> <laughs> and who did you have as your shittiest kid so hear me out i i know some people are not gonna like this choice but it is the rational choice and it's jamie you know I almost picked Jamie. I was <laughs> very close. <laughs> well, why'd you pick Jamie, David? Listen, Jamie broke the rule, and which is then going to have massive implications for all the other boys, too, because we know Lois is not above corporal punishment and mass punishments. But Jamie, along with not letting anyone know that he's, you know alive when they left him behind uh which i mean yeah shitty on them but like say something man then proceeded to hide and become a total candy glutton just absolutely devouring candy to the point of where he literally gets a stomach ache which is one of those things your parents you know warn you about and, like, try to say, don't eat so much candy, blah, 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 your stomach will hurt. And then Jamie actually did it. He he did the thing. The thing all kids don't think is possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that almost got him shittiest kid for it. Though, though, to be fair, I, I didn't hold it against him that he didn't say anything about being left behind. Because he has only said one thing. And he just said that last episode. He's still pretty much nonverbal. But the, the, the real thing... That uh, sat me on my course for shittiest kid is uh, the combination of shitty behavior and gross factor. <laughs> As I went with Reese, both for the egging of the old man 
and for eating gum that he finds under chairs. I mean, that's fair. That's pretty gross. I, I actually initially had Jamie, but then I switched it to Reese, remembering the gum thing. Gross. It, it is so gross. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that wraps up our awards, but we have a couple of segments left, beginning with WTF F. Ah. So, David, where the fuck is Francis? Well, you see, Francis is still stuck and, you know, trying to find his way and, and figure things out and, you know, struggling to uh, provide for he and Piyama. And, uh, you know, Halloween was always a special time for him, and while he's been backsliding a little bit into his other behaviors, he hasn't fully gone into, you know, drunken and crazed debauchery of Halloween night. But he does, in missing his brothers and his uh, Halloween adventures, he sets off on a road trip. And unfortunately for him, he got lost and ended up in uh, a little town by the name of Haddonfield in Illinois. And uh, he spent the night trying to find a place to stay and driving around the town, just narrowly missing these individuals who keep running around, and he keeps seeing this guy in a blue jumpsuit with, like, a white William Shatner mask. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep, fair enough. Listen, Francis is off on his own Halloween adventure. Okay. Listen, <laughs> at this point, I've lost the thread thanks to fucking Eric and his bullshit. <laughs> I, I considered killing Francis in this. And saying that he died to Michael Myers <laughs> and has now been replaced by Eric's evil version. <laughs> but I was like, nah, nah, I like Francis too much to, to do that to him. Okay, then. Fair enough, I guess. <laughs> Listen, this segment is just insanity now. It's all Eric's fault. Blame Eric. Okay. I will. Yeah. I know, frequently. <laughs> God damn it, Eric. Well, uh, next up, we have the Cranston Connection, as we have determined that in some form or fashion, all of the characters played by Brian Cranston are the same character. And we, we see in this episode that Hal knows a lot about dark supernatural forces and exactly how they operate in conjunction to wormholes and string theory oh no and you know initially i thought you know maybe it's because you know he's had some uh personas you know involving science but it's actually much more direct than that because you see all of the characters played by brian cranston are in fact the devil <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> in the the miniseries Fallen, he played uh -huh. Lucifer, which means that every character from Hal to Walter White to the dentist in Seinfeld are all also Satan. Which, you know, explains why he seems to die and come back all these times. Why he's able to fool everyone around him into thinking he's all these different people. <laughs> why he's capable of all of these seemingly supernatural feats. It's because he is, in fact, a supernatural force for evil. <laughs> I hate how much sense that makes. <laughs> <laughs> so just keep in mind the next time you're watching brian cranston in anything that the character he's playing is the devil <laughs> no matter what they're doing so uh <laughs> yes david <laughs> you need to like edit in the please allow me to introduce myself song like slowly crescendoing in the background as you make that revelation <laughs> That is obnoxiously, like, comic booky. I could see them making that television show. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the same way that in uh, Marvel Comics, uh, Satan and also all of the stand-in characters for Satan in the Marvel Universe are the same character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like that. Exactly. Uh... Except if that character was also 
like half of comic book characters. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and also just a goofy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh God damn it. So what no he can't be Lucifer. He's gotta be like, you know, you got uh, what's the Stephen Lynch bit? Jesus' oh, brother is Craig Christ. Yeah, Craig, Craig Christ. Yeah. yeah, he's 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 like the he's got to be the Lucifer like equivalent of that. I mean, I <laughs> not not to go back to the Marvel thing immediately, but that just makes me think of the one that's named Satan Ish. Oh, which is <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. Like, not the devil, but clearly the devil because of comic book code stuff. Right. <laughs> Version of the devil. <laughs> uh, God. So we'll, we'll throw an itch on there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> that just leaves David's guessing game. Yeah, I'm super good at that. Not this week, you're not. Yeah, you're not wrong. For this episode... You very confidently predicted that this would be the return of Francis. I did. Which it was not. It was not. And uh, you did say that the boys would go trick-or-treating, which is correct. But you thought that the trouble that they would get into would be an escalating prank war. uh, Which wasn't really the case. Uh, You were correct in predicting that Lois would have to work. Uh, but you were incorrect, and you thought that Hal would be watching and taking care of Jamie, because specifically you thought Lois wasn't dumb enough to leave Jamie with the boys. Yeah, yeah, boy. Uh, and so I gave you a 42% this week. Ouch. I know. Aside from Lois having to work, everything was either completely wrong or like half right so uh yeah this uh felt like a you know you you could do better i'm not angry david i'm just disappointed shut up jake (laughs) but let's see if you can do better next week and jessica stays over well jake i think i have a really good guess for this one yeah yes i'm very confident in fact, I'm very confident that uh, I I know that Jamie will throw a candy bar and Reese will go chase it. <laughs> to, to, to clue the listener in here, when I hit play initially, Hulu like took forever to load, and then when it did, started playing the next episode. So David saw part of the cold open for the next episode. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just lock that guess in there. Totally, totally uh, uninformed. Totally (laughs) raw and fresh. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. A magician never tells his secrets, Jake. No, but I will tell them. (laughs) I was going to say, especially when his secrets are his cousin fucked up. I don't know. Jessica stays over. Yep. This is uh, Hayden Pantier's uh, character, right? Uh, her character is named Jessica. Also, I probably fucked her name up. I feel that way every time I say her right? name. Right? Yeah, dude, so bad. Uh, Jessica stays. Well, she's obnoxious. And she is, I've heard, the nemesis to the boys. Do we get the, like what women want scenario where she tries to teach the older boys how to uh, talk to girls because they're all goofballs who will forever be alone. Is that what you're going with? We get, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Do we get will Malcolm be struck by lightning, <laughs> allowing him to hear the thoughts of women. I mean, that's not quite how that goes. <laughs> I don't remember. I haven't watched that movie. Since, it's like, not close a good. To 30 it's not great. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) it could be like the whole like they hate her but then i could also see them doing the boys realize that you know she's a girl their age you know and then that whole like stockholm syndrome (laughs) type deal starts setting in man what direction are you going i don't know that's what i'm trying to think i think yeah, I think it's going to be like one of those like she's going to try to take it upon herself to educate given her attitude the last time 
and like the way that she sort of manipulated Malcolm. I think she's going to kind of take on this sort of mentoring role to the boys about like women or like a girl in particular. And then I'm sure there's going to be a mean twist to it because it's Jessica. So like she'll probably get them like good advice that like starts to work and then you know, flip it on its head. Okay. Yeah, that's really all I can come up with. Because, like, I, I, I'll bet anything that that's the case. Okay. Will Francis make his return this episode? No. I mean, maybe he's stuck in Haddonfield. I hear that place, you know, it's hell to get out of. <laughs> so I hear. Well, that wraps this episode up. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, thanks and credit to Jacob Newfeld, who does our intro and outro music. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us via email, where we're lifeisunfairpod at gmail.com, or on Twitter, where we're unfair underscore podcast. If you enjoy the banter back and forth here and want to join us live, head on over to twitch.tv slash lpdeathray, where we play games, interact with chat, and in general, have a good time. And as Hal says, life is unfair. He did it. He said the thing. Sorry, I was Googling something and the internet just like froze up on me. God damn it. Never mind. I was going to make a dumb joke, but I don't remember if it was in the newest Halloween or not. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs>